We're back, packing it up, episode 31, with a little bit of new audio there to introduce the pod. Uh, episode 31, Al Harris, we're going to get the ball and we're going to score. As Packer fans, we all know how that ended up. Uh, this is Kevin Hurd here. Usually, my partner, Marcus Wiegert. Uh, Marcus is taking a little bit of a personal hiatus. Sometimes in life, you just have a lot of things going on, and you just need to take a break. So we're all going to be ready for Marcus to return whenever that is. But today, for now, I'm going old school, single man radio show today. So stick with me here for the next 20 minutes. I'll take you through... Training camp season. Football is back. You can feel it in the air. We're getting closer and closer to constantly being glued to our television screens every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, whatever days the NFL plays now. I'm not really quite sure. Pretty much every day of the week, it seems like. But we're going to walk through the Packers training camp, give you a basic broad overview. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the rookies. We'll talk a little bit about the Packers' first preseason game against the San Francisco 49ers. And then we're just going to look at the Packers on both sides of the ball. Uh, and then finally, I'm going to end with just a little personal monologue on the man, Aaron Rodgers, number 12. So sit tight. Glad to be back. Thanks for enjoying the pod. We'll get right into it. All right, let's dive right into it. Episode 31. Uh, got a little new audio there. We're kind of working on some some technicalities, some some different things. You know, trying to work it to make it a more professional podcast. Uh, not that we weren't professional before, but uh, you know, just we're always trying to get better here at packing it up. So we'll continue to do that moving forward. Uh, speaking of always working to improve. Let's talk about the Packers and their training camp. Uh, they've been at camp for a couple weeks now. Uh, I haven't been able to go up to practice. I usually go every year. Hopefully I can still do that within the next week or two. But you know, let's talk about some headlines with the Packers and their training camp. So the first and obvious one, which we've talked a lot about, we've been a supporter of him on this pod, uh, is Jordan Love. Right? Where is he at from a progression standpoint, does he look better? Does he look worse? Does he look the same? You know, everybody's going to have an opinion on it. Certainly, everybody has an opinion on him, seems like, already. We still think that the jury is out on this pod. Uh, we have to see just more from him. He just has to get more reps. He has to play more in games, you know, get comfortable with what they're doing. But you listen to coaches. You listen to people that are in the industry. And he seems to be making strides for what they want to do. And that's the main thing, is what do the Green Bay Packers want him to do? As fans, we want to sit back and critique this and critique that. In the end, it comes down to how do the Packers feel about his progression and what's that going to be for the future? And so far, all people are saying a lot of positive things about him. So uh, in the first preseason game, 13 of 24, two touchdowns three interceptions. People on his side of things would tell you that some of those interceptions were not his fault. Uh, number 12, Mr. Aaron Rodgers was pretty supportive of Jordan Love in that, you know, looking at his throws and, you know, saying that those were catchable balls. And I think a casual fan 
you know, even in this case, we think that our opinion doesn't matter, right? It's all about what the team wants. That's what I just said. But even a casual fan, I think, can sit back and watch those interceptions and go, yeah, I don't really think it was his fault on that one. So we'll continue to watch Jordan Love monitor his progress. But per usual, I don't think a decision can be made on the guy until he gets with first team, you know, players and gets meaningful reps and and he really gets into the fight, gets into an actual game. I think last year gets into that game on a short notice, working with players that he hasn't worked with all year. He played very similar to Mahomes in that game. So we'll see. But Jordan Love is always a constant story, and we'll continue to kind of watch him and how he develops moving forward. But preseason game number one, just the team that we want to see, right? The San Francisco 49ers, uh, the Packers coming up short 28-21. to 21. Uh, I was watching a majority of this game. Uh, I was on a family vacation up in northern Wisconsin, Spooner, Wisconsin, uh, to be exact. And uh, we went to a restaurant and of course they didn't have the game on. So we made the restaurant turn the game on and some people kind of gave us some weird looks like, you guys are watching the Packers preseason game? And I said, of course, have to. And they're like, wait, you're the you're the packing it up guy, right? That's not what happened. I wish, you know, we're going to work to get to that point. But uh, I did watch the game in a restaurant. And, you know, we're not going to sit here and analyze every preseason game. We'll let other pods do that. It just so happens that we haven't done a pod in a while. And this is the timeline that we were on right now. So uh, preseason game number one, San Francisco 49ers. We'll just do a little thumbs up, thumbs down. And I feel like this could be a thumbs up for the entirety of training camp. But uh, Romeo Dobbs, right? Uh, Wide receiver, rookie wide receiver, you know, did a lot of great things uh, in the San Francisco game. Does he have some... You know, mistakes that pop up, sure. And we'll talk about that later in the show. But you can see the explosiveness with him. You know, the hands. uh, People talk about his ability to go after the ball, like winning every catch. And as a receiver, you kind of take that for granted. You're like, well, of course they want to catch the ball. But some guys just have a different gear of when a ball is in the air, the timing, the ability to just go up and get it. And I think that he has that. And so to watch him in live game action did a lot of nice things. So I wouldn't say that he uh, was a disappointment by any means. I think he was a thumbs up in his first preseason game. Uh, Chris Slayton, don't don't confuse him with TJ Slayton on the defensive line. This is the other defensive lineman that the Packers picked up uh, off waivers. And I just thought, you know, he had, uh, I believe he was second on the team in tackles. You know, the defensive line as a whole, was doing a great job of getting great push, but you watch it, and there were a couple times, you know, in a row where he was getting great push and in the backfield and making plays, and you're like, oh, that's Slayton. It must be TJ Slayton. And then you go, oh, no, it's his uh, long-lost brother, Chris. So uh, it was good to see him out there making plays, and it was good to see the Packers' defensive line just as a whole getting push, making some plays, free up their teammates on the back end, and and we'll talk about the Packers' defensive line moving forward. But Chris Slayton, uh, thumbs up for preseason game number one. And then, guys, you know that we got to talk about it. Uh, Just the kick return unit. They just did something positive. Had a really long return with Amari Rogers, everybody else's favorite person to kind of rag on, at least 
for the good amount of last year. Uh, but, hey, we'll take what we can get on special teams, right? So if they do something positive, I think we got to highlight it. So the kick return unit got a thumbs up, but I don't know what baseline we're judging it from. But either way, thumbs up. We did some positive things. Uh, thumbs down. Uh, have to go with Tyler Davis, tight end. You know, he dropped that easy ball from Love that ended up being an interception. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers had a lot of positive things to say about him, which could be true for the majority of camp. You know, they see him every day. So once again, I'm always going to trust the professionals and the experts and the people who are in the fight all the time, working with each other every day. But, it's, you know, there is something about taking over um, – what you practice and having it translate to the game. And I didn't really see a whole lot out of him for how much people were talking about him. So Tyler Davis, you know, it's hard to give like a thumbs down, right? It's one preseason game, but let's just go kind of thumb till the middle, maybe trending down a little bit. Uh, secondly, the fourth corner up for the Packers. So maybe a battle that's not really being talked about right now. Obviously, the Packers' top three corners get a lot of chatter. Eric Stokes, Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas. But there's going to be there's going to be a need for another guy behind them. You know, heaven forbid. You know, I'm knocking on wood right here. You probably can't hear it. But heaven forbid there's an injury and we need another guy to step up. Maybe podcast favorite Kevin King will be back. We'll see. Who knows? Not making any predictions. But right now, the fourth corner could end up being an important position, not only for the reason that I just mentioned, but also on special teams. And, you know, they have Shamir Jean Charles back there, was a draft pick, I believe, last year. Uh, and then Rico Gafford, who was a uh, receiver turned defensive back. And, you know, I know Gafford got burned, uh, or excuse me, that might have been Levitt uh, on the Packers during that uh, um, long touchdown pass by the Niners uh that was to I believe who made that who made that catch Danny Gray I think I'm pulling up some names here I gotta study rosters uh, of other teams but uh somebody just got burned completely on that play and I just didn't think that the Packers corners looked great and so you're looking at Shamir Gene Charles Rico Gafford you know guys like that to kind of step up and um just didn't seem like they did a great job in that first preseason game. So potentially uh, there could be a need there for someone. Uh, Dolan Levitt, excuse me, that, that was another guy. Uh, safety, you know, I just didn't see a whole lot of him. I know we were talking corners there, but they might have a need for a guy like that. So I just wasn't overly impressed with kind of that fourth corner uh, position. So pretty simple wrap-up of the first preseason game. Not going to dive too much into it. There's a couple more to go. But we're all waiting on that regular season anyway. But uh, let's let's talk rookies. Let's go to the rookie report here. So hard to know with a lot of these guys not playing. Uh, but let's start with, you know, the two first rounders. Quay Walker, you know, Devontae Wyatt. Uh, didn't see a whole lot of action. But... You just have to feel good, at least on paper, about adding them to this defense. And we'll talk about the defense in a second. I think, you know, we need to look at realistic expectations for this defense. But everything that I've heard in camp about Wyatt and Walker, I think has just been okay. 
uh, with Quay Walker, you know, you're probably going to rely a lot more on his athleticism this year. You're trying to bring him up to speed with what you're doing from a defensive scheme standpoint. And for him, he has all the athletic ability in the world. Okay, now it's figuring out where he fits in the scheme, what he does well, and having that stuff translate into game action. And then Devontae Wyatt, you know, just pairing him with the others on the defensive line. You know, if Chris Slayton takes a big step up, you know, if Dean Lowry plays similar to what he did last year, Kenny Clark, we all know about him. There's a lot of talent there, and that can be a pretty good unit for them. So Devontae Wyatt just needs to, you know, add his talent to that group. Uh, and I think he can be a great rotational piece, and I think they can rotate a lot of guys, you know, in and out. And that's kind of the system that you want in the NFL is providing constant pressure. But we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, wide receiver standpoint, you know, Christian Watson, he kind of gets an incomplete grade. You know, he was on the pup list a little bit. We're working him back from an injury. We'll kind of see what he can do from there. Romeo Dobbs, we've already talked about. I mean, he's been the star of camp and done a lot of great things. You can see what he can do physically. You know, if you're watching clips uh, of their joint practice with the Saints, you know, he's doing a great job of getting by guys. And all you can ask him to do is do the best that he can, do what Rodgers wants, learn the playbook, put yourself in a position to be successful. And so far, you know, he's done that. As I mentioned, you know, he caught a touchdown from Love against the 49ers and looked like a pretty good play. It looks like they had a pretty good connection going. So he's obviously been the star of camp and, and we'll continue to kind of monitor his progress uh, and see how far he can take himself this season. Let's talk about the old lineman, uh, Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, uh, two guys with two first names. I don't know how people feel about that. Sometimes, you know, that's a question mark, but, uh, you know, I think they're trending in an upward direction. I mean, the Packers really want offensive linemen. The name of the game is versatility. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Packers O-line coming up. But those guys both seem to be versatile enough to do the things that you want them to do from multiple positions. So to me, offensive line is kind of a need for the Packers. I know that's something that we have not talked about in years past as fans. You could really enter every season for the Packers and go, yep, the offensive line is good. Don't have to worry about it. And this year, there are some question marks with guys returning back from injury. You know, what's David Bakhtiari's situation? How is Elgin Jenkins going to be? You know, those are big decisions that the Packers have to make. And we'll talk kind of a little bit more about that uh, coming up here. But so Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, you know, I think they're trending in a good direction because they're in a position of need. They're versatile. We haven't heard much about them in camp, which sometimes that's a good thing. Uh, no news is sometimes good news, especially uh, on the offensive line, I would think. So uh, trending up for those guys. And then the late round picks, uh, you talk about Kingsley, Engabare, Tariq Carpenter, uh, Jonathan Ford, Rashid Walker, Samari Torre. You know, those are guys on both sides of the ball. And really, I think they got a lot of work to do. You know, the Packers are one of the best teams at finding guys who are undrafted free agents. And those undrafted free agents usually push a lot of those late round picks. And for the Packers, you know, I had some hope for Rashid Walker. I thought he was a steal kind of in the seventh round. 
you know, out of Penn State as an offensive tackle, extremely talented, coming out of high school, you know, started off as an all-conference player in the Big Ten early in his career, and then really his play kind of dipped off. But there's still some time, but I think they got a lot of work to do. Kingsley and Igbare, you know, you kind of hope that he would be kind of Zadarius Smith light. I know I say that really lightly because he's not going to come out and just set the world on fire right away. you got to work him into the system and figure out what he can do well. But that's kind of what they wanted him to be is that situational pass rusher. And so far, haven't heard much about him. You know, he's a player that played with a lot of burst and a lot of power and haven't really seen that yet. So the jury is still kind of out on him. You know, Tariq Carpenter made some nice tackles in that first uh, preseason game against the Niners. You know, big safety type. You know, we'll see how it goes. There's a lot of competition. Uh, and a lot, well, I should say a lot of guys that kind of have spots at that safety position. You know, maybe a third one sneaks in there, but you're going to have to produce on special teams. And so we'll see kind of how his uh, situation, you know, shakes out moving forward. Those are the guys that I kind of wanted to touch on initially so let's look at the Packers from both sides of the ball just want to talk about one thing on each side of the ball so the Packers defense the Packers defense is getting a lot of love and they should but I want to talk about the difference between maybe what people are talking about and what is actually going on and this is not me trying to burst everyone's bubble on the Packers defense I think the Packers defense is in great shape but the difference with the Packers defense right now is I like individually the players that the Packers have. But as a unit, they still have to come together. I mean, you think about all the pieces that they have, right? You like Kenny Clark. I love Rashawn Gary. Uh, DeAndre Campbell. You know, all the guys on the back end. Alexander, Stokes, Rasul Douglas. The two safeties, Adrian Amos, who I think is constantly underrated. Darnell Savage, who athletically checks all the boxes, but you're waiting for him to kind of be that more consistent player. And you have a lot of pieces, and it's how they come together to become a shutdown unit. Uh, the thing that I'm worried about that kind of affects everything as a whole is the Packers' pass rush. And you're thinking... Well, hey, we have Rashawn Gary. Like, hey, we have Kenny Clark. Well, Rashawn Gary is the only Packers defensive lineman, and I'll have to check this again, that uh, you know has a very good pass rush win rate. And you think about the other guys, you know, and their sack totals. I mentioned Devontae Wyatt earlier. He only had two and a half sacks last year in a stack defense uh, for Georgia. And he was their first-team all-conference player. But him getting pressure and getting sacks isn't really the name of his game. You know, Dean Lowry had a really great year last year. You know, can he repeat that again? Uh, Kenny Clark, I'll look up his stats here from last year. I'll pull him up. Had four sacks only. You know, and a lot of that is, well, he was double teamed, and he needs some running mates with him. Well, I hope that's the case. I hope that they can rotate guys in and out, you know, give him some freedom to, to make more plays. But... Um, you know, Rashawn Gary is the main piece of that defense, I think. You know, he's the guy that has, you know, star potential. Kenny Clark, I feel like, is always been a star. Well, I shouldn't say always, but he's been a star, you know, for a couple of years now. 
But as a defensive tackle, he sees a lot of double teams. So they're going to need someone to step up uh, on the edge and help Rashawn Gary out. Because I think if they can get a consistent pass rush, consistent you know pressure, even up the middle, maybe not more so on the edge, but up the middle, when you have defensive backs like that, I really think that that's when they can shine. But if you don't get a pass rush and you're defending passes for four, five, six, seven seconds, I really don't think it matters who you have at defensive back. It's really hard to cover guys for that long. And, you know, now you got to think about quarterbacks that can move and can run for yards. You know, that that puts a lot of pressure on the defense. So it's all going to be about the pass rush and getting running mates for Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary and trying to work to scheme those guys to get looks to create pressure. And so I'm excited to kind of see that develop uh, for the Packers. But right now, everybody's talking top three, top five defense. And do I think that they have the ability to get there? Yes, but it's got to come from them as a unit. Right now, I think when people are talking about the Packers defense, I think it's a lot of individuals and we need to talk about them being dominant as a unit. And I think if they all play the way they're capable of playing, I definitely think that we can have that conversation in the future. So I'm excited to kind of watch that come together. The Packers offense. So I'll talk about Rodgers in a second. But the Packers offense, I want to talk about something that's maybe not being talked about, and that's the offensive line, and more specifically, the backup positions for offensive line. So reading some articles, there was a nice write-up on Jake Hansen. I want to just touch on Jake Hansen. You know, former 2020 uh, draft pick by the Packers uh, out of Oregon. You know, played a lot of games at Oregon. I believe it was 49 over his career. And, you know, he was a four-time all-conference player. You know, he stepped right in and played right away. And, you know, I believe he played some guard there too. And, and so he kind of has the versatility that they're looking for. But some of the articles that I read, they talked about him being their Lucas Patrick type. And that's a key position for the Packers because injuries do happen. And to have a guy like that who's been in their system for a couple of years, albeit on the practice squad, you know, he's still been there learning the system, being around the guys. And I think that that's important for a guy's development. So, you know, Jake Hansen, he has a lot of experience playing football, you know, at the combine when he was coming out, he was one of the stronger players. So I think physically he has the ability. I think he has the experience. They clearly like him because they keep bringing him back. So maybe he takes a jump and he ends up being, you know, that Lucas Patrick type guy for their offense, which that's a guy that they need considering that he went to, he went to the team south of the border, which none of us want to talk about. But uh, yeah, so we'll see. Hopefully Jake Hansen, he can step up uh, and be a guy uh, that the Packers, I don't want to say rely on because he would be a backup, you know, offensive lineman, but a guy that they can certainly count on uh, when, if, if needed. So uh, just want to finish up and I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, number 12. And I'm going to do something that we don't usually do on this pod. And I'm going to defend the guy. And here's why. So the national media, the past week, the story has been, well, Aaron Rodgers is coming at his young wide receivers. And Aaron Rodgers is demanding these guys do more. And, you know, he's, he's lashing out and saying that they need to be better. Everyone. For the people, and there have been a lot, you know, you can go on social media, 
you can you know find news stories of video or excuse me news stories like on facebook where people commenting about you know aaron Rodgers and how they feel about them and and you know whatever publication you read there's plenty of people out there going can we stop talking about this guy i'm sick of it and maybe we even did that on this pot at one point but if you want to stop talking about them well let's stop making stories like this anybody who has played sports really at any level uh, you can reflect on you know your good moments in sports things that you did that produced success and maybe let's not even talk about sports let's just talk about a good team in the workplace or you know I can't even think of where another team might be involved. I usually think of sports right away. But, you know, a good team at your job, you know, having a having a good, you know, team at home, right? Stuff like that. And usually all those successful moments come because someone is there holding everyone accountable. And guys, Aaron Rodgers uh, is an employee of the Green Bay Packers. His job is to produce at a high level. And all he's doing right now is his job. He's not being difficult, okay? He's not giving off this persona of being high maintenance and too high strung. He's just doing his job. He's the leader of that locker room. He is the longest, I believe, uh, tenured Packer currently. He's He's been around a long time. And he just wants things done a certain way because he knows what works and what doesn't work. And if he wants to get on his young receivers about not or running the wrong routes, okay, and not paying attention to the details, that's his job. That is in his job description. So to me, this is just a huge overblown story. I think it factors into the negativity of Rodgers as a person. For me, you know, I like to soak up different sections of media. I listen to pod, I listen to other podcasts, I read news stories. You know, he's he's done a lot of things in the past couple of weeks on on different formats and it's been fun to kind of hear him talk. I mean, I think from a football standpoint, you know, he's a really intelligent guy. Do I think that he takes pride in kind of being genuine and himself, yes. Does that come off weird to some people? Certainly. But I think he's honestly having a lot of fun just trying to be himself. But let's stop talking about him just doing his job, okay? Every other quarterback in the league is doing exactly what he's doing, all right? We're just not talking about Carson Wentz trying to build a connection with his receivers. You know, we're not talking about Russell Wilson building a new connection with his receivers. And we certainly haven't, I haven't heard this story about Tom Brady being critical of his receivers ever. So if you want to stop talking about Aaron Rodgers, then let's just do it because this is a non-story, right? Let the man do his job. And I'm guessing with him under center, we're going to have another successful year on the offensive side of the ball. And hopefully we're going to have a successful year together as a team. And I feel pretty good about him being back there, despite maybe what people think about his off-field stuff. So um, appreciate everybody listening to the pod.
This was fun. I don't want to do a whole lot of solo podcasts in the future, but we'll see. We're waiting on Marcus's return, but we got the, like I mentioned, the old school radio episode done. I didn't think it went that bad. So we'll see about the next pod. Be looking out for us in the future. Appreciate you supporting the pod. And as always, go Pack Go.